What's going on, buddy? How's it hanging? How's it happening? Because you guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast, brought to you by MSO3 Rocks, where rock and metal thrive. Wish you guys a happy Thursday because it is September 9th. And if all is going well, then I am launching this podcast to you from the campsites at Blue Ridge Rock Fest, baby. So I am here. And before I get into this podcast, I want to thank your sponsor, Phoenix Fitness, because, yeah, I'm at Blue Ridge, or supposed to be at Blue Ridge at this moment. I got four straight days of moshing going, so what was I going to do to make sure I could hit all four days? I got to make sure my fitness level was up. I was lifting. I was running. I was making sure my cardio was up to snuff so that when four days came and at that final day, I want to make sure that I was in the pit and I was still raring and ready to go. So I make sure my fitness was there. But I had to work out and I had to recover right. How would I was going to recover and prepare for this stuff supplement-wise? That's where Phoenix Fitness came in. Different pre-workouts, sim and sim-free. If you can't handle all the, you know, caffeine and simmons and stuff like myself, even though I'm just crazy full of energy all the time. Different B-cell-like compounds for recovery, different proteins, AM, PM, after-workout, plant-based stuff, different creatines, different multivitamins, whatever it might be. Phoenix Fitness is there to help you achieve your fitness goals and make sure you continue to recover right. Our listeners here at the Corporate Crush Podcast get 15% off content, 1-5, using the code MSOTD at checkout at fnxfit.com. Link is in the description below of the podcast, whether you're listening to our podcast, iHeartRadio, or you're on YouTube as well. So make sure you do that. Again, thank you for this. Now for our pre-feature presentation. You guys heard the band Red Sun Rising. Well, they went on hiatus because the guys wanted to try a couple of different things, and their frontman Mike has a band called The Violent with a couple other guys from Red Sun Rising. So what are we going to talk about with The Violent? Of course. What happened with 2020? How'd they spend that time? And their brand new song, Think For Yourself. Do we dive deep into that song? (laughs) What do you think? Of course we do. And we get you prepared to listen to that song as well because it has such an expansive idea on just things that are happening in the world and different things we went through not only in 2020 with the pandemic, the election, whatever it might be, but also really calls out different things with your mindset and your connection towards other people along with yourself as well to no longer just think with the group think and no longer surround yourself with people that just think like you to openly think for yourself so please welcome mike to the podcast are you guys ready because this one is awesome so let's go Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast, a big shout out to Amsterdam PR for connecting me with so many great bands. And this here is another one because take a listen to a couple of their songs after their kind of startup, especially more later 2019, all of a sudden, all these songs, apparently they've done remotely. I'm thinking, how do you do all these remotely and come up with such great quality songs? So we're going to be here to talk all about it. So please welcome from the band, The Violent, Mike. So Mike. Welcome to Core Progression Podcast. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for being on, man. How is everything going in your, you know, world at this state of the world? Uh, I mean, it's it's been crazy. I literally just moved from Chicago to Florida, like yesterday. So I'm just like fresh off a move. Like half of my stuff isn't even here yet. So I'm just like hanging out with like half my clothes and. Um, just trying to get back into a, a routine, you know, understandable. I mean, that's, not, that's going to happen when you move, but I mean, it's kind of weird. Cause all of a sudden I'm like thinking like, man, you were like real close to where I'm from. And all of a sudden I, it's like, okay, now you're all the way in the other, like are north, you, south are you in Wisconsin. Milwaukee. Are you up, up in Wisconsin? How did you guess? Is it because of the shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that may be a little bit of your accent. So it's something like, oh, I, I know exactly where that might be from. Yeah, it's definitely something yeah. of, you know, the northern Midwest area, not, you know, the whole. I mean, I'm, know, from, I'm from the Midwest, too, so I'm, I'm very familiar with it. Where are you originally from? I'm from Akron, Ohio, actually. 
and then uh, I moved to Chicago. I, I've been there for almost seven years, but yeah, I grew up grew up in Akron. Well, then we got some more Midwest guys coming hanging out here in the podcast. I've been you know, one thing I've noticed is we're the best. Typically, when it comes to a lot of like the rock and metal bands, so many of them come out of the Midwest area. I mean, Chicago is a huge, gigantic oh, yeah. hub. See, I mean, you got Iowa, just think Slipknot and just all the bunch of other bands that have come out from around there. Because there's nothing else to do. Yeah, and everyone <laughs> loves rock and metal just, around here. Just drink. Yeah, drink and go to rock clubs. Well, one thing I remember I was talking with someone about this, but I want to see if you what your opinion is on this. When it comes to why the Midwest is really big into rock and metal is because up here in the Midwest, we always have the consistent changing of seasons. And when it comes to you get yeah. to that, when you come to winter, you're not thinking like super smooth, relaxed beach kind of vibes. You're not really getting to that like alt style or kind of like that more pop, you know, island beats kind of thing. It's when it's snowing and it gets dark outside at 5 p.m. on a, in December and January, you're feeling a little bit more anxious. You feel a little bit more energized, feel more anger towards it. So you listen to something like rock, hard rock, punk rock, metal, metalcore, whatever it might be. It really gets you energized. And then you go to a show here and it's just. I mean, rock and metal shows consistently are blowing like pop alternative country shows is out of the water in terms of not only capacity, but also just the absolute amount of energy that the crowd brings. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, even, you know, just touring so many years, you know, with Red Sun Rising, my my previous band, like we always came to the Midwest and we always looked forward to the shows in the Midwest because like you said, you know, the the people up here in the, in the North and in the Midwest, you know, and, and that's a great assessment with, with the weather. And especially when the weather starts to turn, they're not going to go out for some like jangly, like happy music. They're going to try to go, you know, watch something that they can relate to and get some, get some energy out because, you know, you're sitting in your house, it's dark, it's snowy, there's not much to do. You know, that's, that's real. So like, we totally look forward to the Midwest. Like we love the Midwest. And I mean, that's something that I see from a lot of rock metal bands when I ask them, but that doesn't discount other areas of the country as well. They're really big into the genre, like the the Northeast, especially around like the Massachusetts area. I mean, Florida is its own animal as well. Uh, Texas as well. It's just there's a lot of different areas where, of course, every area is going to have their fans with rock and metal. But it just seems like with the Midwest, there's just like a prevalent real feel for it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the weather because if it's February and I'm going to go see a show, I'm not really into just kind of like a more like island, you know, relaxed kind of vibe. No, I'm going to want to go and see something like Beartooth and go absolutely buck crazy, For go sure. buck wild in, in the pit. And if I get my face broken and it's all on me, but I, you know, I'm going to have fun with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think lyrically, you know, growing up in an area like that, um, you know, I don't write about happy things. Like even if I even if I have a melody that sounds happy, it, there's usually a dark lyric that, you know, is accompanying it because I, I don't, that doesn't inspire me to write like those dark, darker moments and like the, the shitty weather. Those are the times that I was inspired to actually write something. And I think that's a product of, of being from, you know, Northeast Ohio. And not only Northeast Ohio, but I mean, just take a look at anywhere in the Midwest, take a look at Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, the Dakotas, Iowa, just throwing, you know, more states out there, kind of give the area a little bit more of like a recognition on that. But yeah, when it gets yeah. colder out that like that seasonal, like depressive disorder, just because 
when you don't see the sun very much, especially when you think about it from like a normal, like just kind of like a normal standpoint where people wake up in the morning, especially in winter, and it's dark outside. They go to work, it's dark outside. While they're at work, the sun's out, but you're not really seeing it because you're inside a building or inside a warehouse wherever you might be yeah. working. And then when you're leaving work, the sun might just be setting at that point. So you really don't see any kind of light. And that does really affect your mood. So when you're, you see a lot of bands here that are from the areas that are writing music, there's always some sort of just real raw emotional tendency behind it. That's not talking about the brightest things in the world, because for a good portion of the year, we're not living in the light. We're living in a lot of darkness through the winter. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I definitely agree with that. And it just makes coming here when we get to see, you know, live shows here in the Midwest and all of a sudden, especially in winter, those places just get absolutely packed and just the energy is just amped up because people have been waiting for something like this for a long time. And especially now with live shows being back and we'll see what happens when we get into the fall and the winter as well. But how that's going to end up impacting the crowds in terms of who's all going to show up. But not only that, but how crazy these crowds are going to end up getting, especially after being in the shelf for pretty much a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, pent up energy. You're seeing it, um, you know, right now. Uh, Lollapalooza just happened in Chicago where, where I was I was living and it was insane. Like so many people were just hungry for for the live music. It's just they've been deprived of it. So they're ready. Oh, absolutely. I saw the same thing when I went to Rockfest in Wisconsin, like on one of the side. On the oh, side I love that. I'll say I one, of the, one of the side stages because it was uh, one day they had Memphis May Fire was there and then the other day Bad Omens was there. And it's just the absolute amount of energy that the crowd had that wanted just let loose and just go nuts, especially when both bands go on stage. It's just absolutely incredible. Limp Bizkit ended up headlining one of the nights and it was just the crowd was just in this like full on happy nostalgia. Give me something to break kind of mode. Oh, oh I love that. I bet that <laughs> I bet that song just crushed there. No, it was, it was, it was incredible, especially like on the right side of the stage where a lot of like the standing room people were, that's where me and my friends were all of a sudden it's, you know, they start playing break stuff and we're just feeling it. It's just like, okay, we're just going to go absolutely nuts. Security wasn't the biggest fan of us going as nuts as we were, but you know what you're going to do about it. Hey, you know, they can, you know, yeah, let it go. Look, the, look the other way. Now we, we, we had a long, long year. Yeah, but I look at it now and think like, you know, it's okay, especially going into September, taking a look at the festivals that are going to be happening in September. You've got Incarceration, you got Larger Than Life, I think Rebel Rock is going on. You've got Blue Ridge, and I'm just thinking of like, these crowds are going to be yeah. absolutely bonkers in terms of how many how many people are going to be seeing these bands, how many people are just going to be so happy that live music is back, and especially when you get some of that more hard rock metal vibe to it, the positivity from everyone because everyone's just happy to be back at a show and is positively connecting with the bands. Like from here, probably till the end of the year, maybe even further along, it's just every show is going to be just one of those things where it's just kind of like this blissful, just release of pent up energy that we've had for the past year and a half. Oh, absolutely. It's like a big deep breath. Like, a, I mean, you know, and on the industry side or or the musician touring band side, like we're just ready to go back to have having our lives back. You know, our livelihoods were severely altered for a, a long time. Like a lot of guys were you know, trying to figure out different ways to make money and just survive and, um, you know, not do what they love for that amount of time. And that, that was, that was hard. So it's like, a, it's a big deep breath, I think for everybody. No, oh, yeah. I mean, well, for when it comes to what for yourself, especially during 2020, when the pandemic hit and with the violence as well, what were you guys doing during that time to really make sure that 
when the when this finally pan and this pandemic finally got to come to a close and live shows were able to come back that you guys were ready to really hit the ground running? I think we just really tried to capitalize on the fact that we couldn't play live. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of musicians, you know, yes, it was sad and it was hard, but if you sit down and you just constantly dwell on that, then you're never going to, you're never going to come out of it. And I think that's, you know, a lot of the bands and the and musicians that had the most troubles, the ones that dwelled on it, where we used it to, to kind of, you know, curate this, and, and, and nurture this new project. And that's all we did. It's like, well, we can't play shows. So all we can do is focusing on, you know, creating this new, this new band and, you know, focusing on recording music and writing music. And, and that's all we did. And we just created a stockpile of, of ideas. And now they're, they're just now coming out. So, um, you know, we just took full advantage of that time, knowing that we, that's all we could do. So we took advantage of it. And that's obviously the smartest way to go about it as well, because given just when everything got shut down and knowing with the entertainment industry, especially live music, first one to go, but the last one to come back as well, just given the fact that when it comes to live music, everyone's going to be packed into a smaller area altogether yeah. to really enjoy. It. And when you get to the best shows, it's just when people are so close together and people are just feeding off of each other's positive energy. And then this crowd has this massive positive energy. You guys are feeling up on stage. You guys are sending it back to us. And it's this massive back and forth feeding frenzy of positive energy that just keeps getting amped up more and more and more. But instead of focusing on, you know, what 2020 should have been, what a lot of people had to have done was focus on what the situation was at hand and how to maximize their efficiency and how to maximize the time they had now. Because, yeah, tours aren't happening. Yeah, live music isn't happening for my aspect where I can't go and see shows. So what are we going to do? What can we do with the time we have in order to maximize that so that when the pandemic fully come, or it kind of comes to an end socially, live shows come back, that not only, you know, as fans, but also as a band as well, we're in the best position possible for ourselves. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly what we had to do. So we had no choice. And you guys basically recorded like all this stuff remotely as well. Did you ever get together at all during this time? Well, when, when the, project first started um which was the kind of the end of 2019 um and in our previous band red sun rising we announced a hiatus and we were all going to kind of do different things and so the, the three of us are from red sun rising we decided to to create this this project and so we're like all right we set up one session in nashville we went down and met a producer an independent producer down there um and we started working and we did one session and and we were just kind of hashing out ideas and we recorded a couple things. We did some drums in, in a studio down there and then the pandemic happened. So we were kind of like, shit, now what do we do? Um, so like those next couple months was like kind of frantic scramble mode to kind of build the infrastructure to keep working. So we had to like invest in some more studio home equipment. Um, and we all kind of just slowly invested in, into the pieces that we needed to continue to work. And, once that infrastructure was created, that's, we worked on it every day. I feel like I was talking to those guys every day, just like we're talking, like on Zoom, we were going over parts, we were sharing session files through the, through the cloud, um, you know, and, and just recording remotely. It was just, it was just such a weird, weird time. I mean, it was a weird time, but the other kind of way I look at it with a little bit more of that silver lining aspect is, 
imagine if this would have happened, let's say, 20 years ago with the limited amount of computer technology that we had with file sharing, with recording equipment as well. It would have been so much harder to do that. But if you guys were able to get your hands on more like like home recording equipment so you could do some of these things, because I know a lot of people had trouble just getting their hands on anything due to the high demand that people were having for it, not only for musicians as well, but from anyone that had any sort of audio project. Because I was trying to find some stuff as well just to add to what I had. And I'm just like, you know what? Taking a look at this stuff, it's kind of expensive, but I know the price is so high because everyone is trying to find this right now. And right. I necessarily didn't fully need it, but I knew I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of bands out there that are really trying to record something and they can't right now because, well, you can't really go anywhere. Studios aren't yeah. open right now. So why not exactly. give them a why not give them a chance to go and do it? And I can work with what I got. So but it makes a lot of sense that when you were working with some of the stuff, you guys are communicating every single day from different parts of this of the country from where you guys were to work with different th- work on different things, file share. And share ideas as well when it comes to recording some of these songs so that there's always some sort of collaboration going on at every given moment instead of just feeling more isolated in this project where it's like three guys working on one thing separately instead of all three guys working on this together. Yeah, and the weirdest part was, um, well, not the weirdest part, but I guess one aspect of it that is looking back on it, I think we would have accomplished even more, even though we overcame that. It, it just made the process way slower, but it w- we were able to keep working. And what, when you're in that, you're not thinking about that. You're like, man, this could just be so much faster if we could just get together. We're just like, okay, this is the only way we can do it. So we need to maximize this completely. But looking back, I'm like, man, we probably could have finished 10 more songs if we were working that much and could get together. Because there's certain things when you're in a room with somebody, you're just like, let's try this right now. And then we try it as a band live and we're together and we're like, that doesn't work. Move on. But, but like when you're sharing files, you go like, you got to try this and then you got to send it to the next guy and then you got to send it back and everyone goes, Oh, we're not feeling it. And it's so, so you might burn a couple days with that back and forth that you would have gotten instantly in a room. But then again, one thing you did say was, and when you take, we're taking a look at it was the, this was the situation you had to work with and you couldn't do right. anything else. So in the moment, look, yeah. In the moment, you're not thinking that for sure. Yeah. Of course, taking a look back, it's like, man, you guys worked on, you know, you guys got this, so many songs finished and you could have easily done 10 more if you guys were together. However, if you take a look at with more perspective where that's just the way, that's just the way the world was in 2020. That's just the sign of the times where that's all you could really do. You couldn't, if it was really hard to get together in a studio because of the pandemic, because of COVID-19 because of different restrictions, it just made it a lot harder. But being focused on the fact that you guys were able to get stuff done and still work even in a slower process is a lot better than sitting around just waiting for this to kind of get back to normal. Oh, you're right. Absolutely. 100%. Because if you just kept waiting and waiting, honestly, it just all of a sudden, oh, live shows come back. And it's like, well, what do we do with the past, you know, 16, 17 months? And now you can take a look and say, well, now we've got these songs. If we've got this certain kind of idea when it comes to the writing process, how to work within this new project that you guys have. And now all of a sudden, when you guys are able to get back into a studio together, you already have that base built. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's that's really what we wanted to do is just kind of build that infrastructure to come out of the pandemic, you know, stronger than we went in. And I think you guys definitely easily did that because of that mindset, because of the idea that this was the time that you had. This was the way the world was. How can we use this to the best of our advantage instead of 
you know, having those constant daydreams of, oh, if the world was the way it should have been without this pandemic, what would, what would life have been like? No, because that's just going right. to kind of cloud up your whole entire mindset and prevent you from focusing on what you can do right now to better your situation and to make sure with the violent that you continue to grow the band as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I rarely live in the past. Um, I think anyone that's ever worked with me and knows that, that I, I don't live in the past and I almost never like rest on my laurels at all. I'm always just like, okay, yeah, I've done that. Like, even if someone's like, this song is fucking fantastic, you know, that you put out two years ago, I'm like, okay, that was out two years ago. Like I'm on to the next thing already. And that's just like how my mind has always worked. So when I went into something, a situation like that, I wasn't thinking like what it could have been. I'm always thinking about like what I have to do to get through this to the next thing, you know? Very understandable. However, one thing I do have to make sure of is like, and also realize is that kind of mindset is not the norm world. I know a lot of people, a lot of people that I know, you know, from friends, family, just acquaintances, whoever it might've been, a lot of people kind of like once the pandemic hit, it's just, they just waited and they just kind of stuck with, Oh, we yeah, missed out on the whole, they, they, some, some people look and say they missed out on all of 2020. They missed out on like a whole year of their life because of this stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, you could have probably done something about that, but <laughs> right. having that exactly. mindset of just, again, how can we make the best out of what we're doing right now and the best of the situation? And also with you having that mindset of always kind of on to the next thing where it's like, yeah, this song was great. Yeah. We put it out two years ago. I'm on to something different. It's going to keep that, you know, keep the wheels turning. It's going to keep that focus on what you're doing in the moment instead of, living in the past or living in an alternate reality that you create in your head. Right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, even if, if Red Sun Rising, not to keep mentioning them, but even to, if I would have continued them, continued that band through the pandemic, like I would have never worked on that with the energy. I worked on a brand new project during that time because it's just like, okay, am I reinventing this now? Am I trying to like, what, what are we doing? But like when you're starting something from the ground, up at what feels like ground zero for the world because not everything's at a standstill like that was the most inspiring time for me it was like complete opposite of what it was for a lot of people or what people wanted to make it out to be so you know and and to your point i think it's just it's just mindset oh absolutely and i i agree with you mostly because i kind of had a very similar mindset going into it as well because once the pandemic hit i was looking at what i was doing with the podcast i was like yeah i just started potentially interviewing some bands i'm like you know what every band's gonna be on the shelf right now they'll be looking for stuff to do they're gonna be looking for ways to promote their band why not why yeah. not me why not take advantage of it and i haven't i haven't done an episode that has been just by myself since april of 2020 other That's and that's really, one of them and then like when, when the when the pandemic hit that's when I really started getting going. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, you know, I'm only doing one a week. All of a sudden, it turned into two a week. Now it's like sometimes two weeks, sometimes three weeks, sometimes even four a week that I'll put out there just because of the amount that I've been like, you know what? I figured out that I'm not going to stop doing this because this is what I love to do. So kind of to the pandemic in a way, oddly enough, you know, thanks for showing me kind of what I want to yeah. do in life. <laughs> I, I feel I feel that way about it, too. And kind of even coming in with mindset as well. Even with the latest song you guys released called Think for Yourself, I mean, kind of just going with that mindset as well. Think, mindset, it kind of yeah. all works together. And not going to lie, one thing I always do with these podcasts and whenever I have bands in the podcast is I'll take a look at what song is like most recent and I will go as deep as possible as I can into the song to really try and understand the whole entire vibe it. of it. And whenever I do that, the first thing I always try and figure out is 
what the song is, what the song meaning is, what you tried to present in the song. So I've got a whole note sheet that's about three pages long. That's on a different screen right now. So I'm going to ask you when it comes to think for yourself, what was the what was the thought behind the song? What's the meaning behind the song? Because I also want to see how close I came in my interpretation of it as well. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that song was definitely, you know, written lyrically was written during the pandemic and um, during the election. So um, it's not necessarily political by any means, but it was inspired by the culture that was created by both the pandemic and this election happening, you know, all, all at once. And what, what happened was a lot of people were at home. A lot of people were on social media. Um, you know, they weren't out socializing. They were literally venting on social media. And I, I kind of saw this trend as, you know, social platforms almost became a new form of religion because, and I'll explain, because w when you're in, when you're in any kind of religion, any kind of religion, belief, whether you're like, you know, Hindu or you're Christian or you're Buddhist or you're, you're Jewish, whatever, you go to the teachings of, of that religion every week to hear the word of that religion over and over again to basically reinstate your own beliefs. And people were doing that on social media. They were following only the people that were in line with what they already wanted to think. So they like went to social media for reassurance. Because, you know, very rarely does someone go follow someone on social media that they that they dislike or they disagree with. You know, some people do, but most people don't. So it became this like way to segregate people in into different belief sects and like think for yourself kind of like a testament to, you know, you need to actually realize that that's happening. And, you know, everyone's guilty of it. Like you're going to want to, you're going to want to listen to someone that agrees with you. It's just easier. And um, that's pretty much what inspired, you know, the think for yourself lyrics. I definitely had a thought that it was going to definitely be inspired by things that were going on in 2020 with the pandemic and especially the election as well, because when you take a look at, look at really any kind of political opposite or any kind of political election in any country, but specifically in America, it's, it's always one side against the other. And yeah. I know a lot of people where, and you know, everyone is guilty is where you focus in on the beliefs that you have that are going to be reassuring yours. And a lot of people kind of don't focus in on, you know, the other side of things because yeah, if you don't agree with it, then you're not going to want to, you know, have it constantly come at you. You're going to want that reassurance. But when I look to think for yourself, because I thought the meaning is about the concept of group thinking, how dangerous it can be. Because when you blindly follow someone or a group of people and believe everything they think and say, whether it's politics, religion, different economic ideals, different social, yeah. societal ideals, et cetera, and do it so that you are accepted by everyone, a massive problem arises in the form of breeding hate and a lack of understanding in the world. This song calls you to think for yourself, form your own opinions, and understand why instead of falling for the comfort of the group. That's exactly right. That's, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's, that's a great assessment. Well, because not only that, but it's whenever I really dive deep in these songs and I take a look at the meanings as well, one thing I always like to do is just after looking at mean, just kind of see how it relates to myself. And there's been a lot of times where whenever I get into discussions with people, because I always bring my best friend up for something like this, where when it comes to politics, him and I, we have very different ideas on how things should be done. And we have different ideas on a lot of different things. But whenever we talk about them, yeah, the conversations get rather heavy, but 
we don't talk to try and force our opinion onto the other person. What we right. do is, and that's important. Yeah, what we do is, already, I, I think differently than you. Why do you think this way? Can you give me the context behind it? Why do I think my way? Let me give you the context behind it. And then we'll talk about it for the purpose of trying to understand where the other is coming from. And if one of us is going to change our opinion on something, it's going to be because the information presented to us and our own mindset trying to wrap around it did that. It's not the other person trying to force you to do it. Plus, then when it comes to having different ideas, heck, then we just get along better. Yeah. And I think that communication and understanding is a form of of growth and evolution. And it's needed for for humans, you know, to, to be a civilization that, that is con- continuously evolving together rather than apart. So I think that's, it's a very healthy, and I think it's a very healthy relationship, you know, even, even as simple as, you know, everyone knows like that couple that's like, Oh, we don't fight. Well, then there's something wrong because everyone has to disagree at some point and it's healthy to disagree and have your own opinion. You know, you might not agree with, all your friends or, or your, your loved ones at all times. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to, as long as you respect the opinions of those people, that's all, that's all that really matters. No, oh, absolutely. Cause even family wise as well, it's like there's, I've got family members that think many different things and I do. My brother and I have a lot of different opinions on things, but I'd much rather understand where he's coming from and continue to have a positive relationship with him than to just let, you know, something more artificial as the different, because we think differently on politics or economic policy or anything in life, let that just completely be the thing that tears us apart. It's, I want to understand where he's coming from because he lives in a different part of Wisconsin than I do. He lives a different life than I do. So he has different ideas. He's gone through different experiences. But when it comes to like what the pandemic has shown us and like with the election as well, especially everything with 2020 where people were kind of forced into more of this isolation standpoint, the only place they were able to go to connect with people was online, Reddit, social media, wherever it might be. They all focus in on stuff that validated their views and accepted their views to the point where now whenever they saw an opposing view, it was that's the enemy. We have to attack that instead of just, no, trying to understand where everyone is coming from. It kind of also speaks to the lack of genuine human connection in terms of people all just trying to connect via a screen or via text or whatever it might be, instead of actually getting together face-to-face to discuss these things. Because when you're face-to-face with someone and they have different views than you, you have to you have to come face-to-face with them because they're right in front of you. And if you walk away, it's just like, now there's a different implication there. When it comes to online, all of a sudden someone can comment on something, you can just not comment back and no one's the wiser. Yeah, and, and just think about even if you are in a confrontational situation, you know, if even if you, I don't know if you've ever had to like fire someone or break up with someone, like if you do it over the phone, it's easier than being in person because you can't look in the person's eyes, you can't see their reaction to what you said, but then you even further detach that and you do it through text. You can't even hear the voice. You can't even hear the tone of the voice. So like social media went even further away from that connection even. So it's just like, even amongst the disagreements, there's also miscommunication and misinterpretation at the same time. So it's just like throwing gasoline on it. And it's, uh, it, it, was, it was truly phenomenal to watch from a safe distance. <laughs> It kind of it kind of was, and then I kind of got a little bit into that as well. Personally, more it comes to over the pandemic, over the times uh, of twenty twenty going into twenty twenty one. There had been someone I was constantly hanging out with. Things were going well between the two of us, and all of a sudden, it's you know after the twenty twenty one started, all of a sudden she just like completely just ghosted me out of nowhere. Still have no idea yeah. what the hell happened, 
But it's just like, you know, I kind of think about it's like, you know what? I got to let it, I kind of let it go. But also at some point, I'm just thinking, what the hell actually happened? Like, I kind of want a little bit of closure yeah. there in a way. Exactly. I mean, you're probably better off if someone just <laughs> ghosted you. You're better off. You won that one. Because, uh, but, but yeah, closure is, is, is a real thing. I, I, I think humans inherently want like finality. They want, they want to know what the end is. Like, think about, you know, what you think about every day. It's just like, where, where do we go when we die? Like if, if completing something completion is inherently in, in human nature. Absolutely. And it's just, even when it comes to just, I see like, even with your song, think for yourself, like it starts out with this rather profound idea, but it expands so much just based on the fact of what we've gone through since the, basically since the whole entire pandemic. And I mean, it's been going on for quite a while, especially with social media coming in and people connecting more online instead of in person. It's yeah, the world is connected more. However, it's those connections just don't seem as genuine because there's such a lack of face to face communication where I think is what 90% of communication between two people is not through the words that they say. It's like 60% is through body language and 30% is just through the tone of voice. I agree with that 100%. It just, I mean, it 100%. Just, yeah. I mean it most just, people, anyone you talk to, is they misinterpret a text almost daily. I didn't say it like that. Well, this is what you wrote, but I didn't say it like that. Picture, I, I have to tell I, my manager, for perfect example, I have to tell my manager, he'll get mad. Like, why did you say this to me? And I'm like, picture me saying it. Like, <laughs> picture, listen to, hear my voice in your head saying it, saying that, and you probably won't be mad. Because I'm I'm a sarcastic person as it is, so like if I type something sarcastic, it usually doesn't translate. Oh, absolutely. And then like whenever you're talking with people online that you don't know, there's like commenting on, on something or some people that you just have connections with through so- social media. It's when they type something out. It's if you've never talked to them in person, you don't know how they're. You don't have an idea of how they're saying these things. So you're gonna end up coming up with however you think they're saying these things. If it's going to be something that has a different opinion than you, you might think of it as a little bit more angry, a little bit more hostile. And it could be something that could be just completely more sarcastic and more lighthearted in terms of tone with how they were perceiving it. But because that tone of voice and that body language cannot be perceived, again, we're losing 90% of the communication right there. We're misinterpreting things, not only on a daily basis, but it seems like on an hourly basis. Oh yeah, it's just constant. It's, It's unreal. Man, this song just went from like, you know, like this big in terms of meaning to all of a sudden like this big, just out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think anyone can relate in some way to to that context. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, one thing, it's like, okay, now we got the meaning behind. Next thing you always go to is the instrumentals, because when it comes to anything with rock and metal, I always find that the instrumentals always tell the story better in terms of the emotion, because you get different ideas from different tones, from different distortions, from different ways that things are being played fast paced, slow paced, whatever it might be. It really just gives more emotion to the story and really gives more emotion to the meaning of the song as well. Because when you enter the song, it's like the guitar style has a little more of this like techie distortion to it, a little more of this like mm-hmm. lower tone, but focusing more on that hard rock style. I thought the entire reason for having that techie guitar speaks the idea of having this mind that has been warped and distorted to really just focus in on always trying to find something that is going to validate what you want instead of trying to understand the other uh, side. And you really need this to make the meaning of the song more understandable right from the get-go because you're already kind of put in that mindset, especially, again, when you think about the pandemic 2020, everyone was, people were just connecting online. So having a little bit more of like this guitar style that has a little more of this like techie distortion to it just adds to the feel like you're in a virtual world 
and you're having to confront these things now face to face instead of just through a screen. Yeah. I mean, um, that, that's that I love that assessment. I mean, part, a lot of it was because we simply had to record the guitars remotely through, through our computers, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I, I love that assessment. But w- one thing to go along with that is, um, you know, a lot of people may not have picked up on this, but, you know, going back to, you know, thinking for yourself and going to a group that's regurgitating the same information to, to reassure one another of the same things, you know, the groove of the bass um, is, is, is looping and it loops over itself and it ne- actually never resolves. So it's, it's the verse groove is dun da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun and it just keeps going and it loses the one every time and it's just it's actually in you can continuously loop that forever and it would never resolve and that's kind of why that you know fits lyrically with you know with that when it comes to the bass though that's one thing i was actually going to bring up next because that was one thing i picked up in the verse is because the bass guitar it's like with that kind of more that repetitive flow it has more of a more of a prevalence especially in the verses and i think it brings a little more flair to the song as well because it creates a feeling of more of this, like this deep rooted issue and this deep rooted problem that this is because how many people have just kind of been more kind of like falling into themselves and more conceited in their own views and just really trying to find things that are going to validate them instead of trying to understand every other kind of like not every other view, but other views of other people. And having that dear baseline in there makes the song feel like we're going to go after something that is emotionally heavier is going to be the way to really call out, not thinking on your own and really just falling into this, thinking of what like okay this is what this group thinks this is what i'm gonna think in a way so kind of not form those opinions for yourself again it's just such a deep rooted problem especially in today's society having that baseline more consistently prevalent in the verses really sets the tone for that i i, I like that i like that assessment that's that's great hey man when i said i go deep into this stuff like yeah i like yeah. this Cause, and then even like going next to the next part of the song, cause you get to the pre-chorus, the verse is kind of a rather similar style, but the, all of a sudden the guitars come in with a little bit of a lighter style and they really covered up the heavier bass. But I actually like the move on this one cause it creates this moment of opening through a breakthrough and realization to not be so stuck under that group thing or stuck in that more just fixed mindset of what you think. It's kind of that call for beginning of change right in the pre-chorus as well from that more deep concentrated meaning from the bass in the verses. So now you're starting to open it up a little bit more to that realization point, just with the instrumentals here in the pre-chorus. Yeah. And I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously on a sonic palette level, it, the, the point was to, to lead into that, you know, anthemic sounding chorus, which is, you know, kind of opens up and it's kind of the call to arms. Like, you know, the verses and the pre-choruses are kind of like where we are. And then the chorus is kind of like the call to arms to say, this is how we get out of it. You know, and and I think that's kind of what we wanted to accomplish sonically to to match the lyrics. And I think you did that as well, because, again, it's you're starting to open up that feeling of, all right, you're going to have to, you know, get more in touch with not only people in there uh, that have views outside of your own, but understand where they're coming from so that we don't have this division. You can kind of start to think for yourself and not always follow within the group as well, because I get to the chorus and. Kind of listening, hearing the drum pattern and the bass, they're they're still kind of consistent from what I have heard. But again, I I'll get into that a little bit after this. But the guitar starts to cover that bass a little bit more in terms of the overall volume, and 
I know some people may be like, oh, this isn't that much of a change. What the hell? I'm like, but this actually keeps the entire flow of the song feel like there's this consistent pressure being put on you in order to break away from that group style thinker, that fixed mindset, and to think independently. So when you connect it with the theme, it's just it's constantly putting pressure on that breakthrough moment to actually happen so that you actually think for yourself and not fall into the mindset of a fixed mindset or a group think style. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, the the going back to like the the looping you know, um, you know, non-resolving groove, it, it does build tension so that when you do feel the, the chorus, you know, you hear the chorus and you also feel the chorus release because you didn't get that resolution in the, in the verses. Yeah. You didn't get that resolution in the verses because again, you're, it's, you're showing the deeper problem in the verses. And when you get to the chorus, you kind of want to bring more of that resolution to the forefront at that point. Correct. Yeah, Absolutely. Because if, I put it this way, if all of a sudden it's like you try to open up with the verse having that breakthrough moment, then the chorus is having like the concentration on where that breakthrough moment came from. Now it's kind of backwards, but you guys didn't do that because, well, that wouldn't, honestly, yeah, that, when I, the whole flow like of the song. Would, that'd be like a Tarantino movie or something. That would be like a, yeah, you, uh, if, if you guys want to make a Tarantino movie style song, I mean, that might be the way to go. Okay, we're going to start yeah. at the end, then we're going to go to the beginning, we're going to go to the middle, we're going to go to the end, we're going to go back to right. the middle, we're going to go to the end, we're going to go back to the beginning, go to the middle. And then we're going to end it somewhere like right before the end actually happens. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be kind of a wacky kind of idea for a song. Though, if you guys ever want to try that, the whole entire Tar- Tarantino vibe. I'm not sure how well it would work, but if you ever feel like trying to go for it. That sounds like something something like the Beatles would do or something. It actually does. Like Day in the Life or something like just really out there. Yeah, like starting out was just like going to bed at night, closing out the day. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, what happened during the day? Well, this is what happened when I got home from work. This is what happened when I woke up. It's like, well, wait, wait, wait. Can we start from point yeah. A to point B? Can we start from the front to the back? It's like, no, we'll get there when we get there. We're just going to start we'll bouncing around. Just stay with us. Just just, just stay with us. Quentin Tarantino style. And then going back to Israel, right. can we get can we get to the bridge of the song a little bit later? And like, you get this, again, the drum pattern, the bass guitar continue to come in with more of this, you know, consistent feel as well. But the bass is a heavier distorted tile as the guitar is playing the background of it a little bit more. And the folks on the bass, again, adds back to the heaviness of dealing with that old thought and opening up to a new idea. Again, it's really setting the tone to kind of penetrate that mind of the preconceived notions that you have in terms of your fixed mindset, group think style. Then the solo comes in. The drum pattern continues to stay consistent to kind of continue to put that pressure. But the distortion of the shredding guitar solo really makes this piece stand out because you're trying to break through that process of embedded thought, embedded group think. The heavier distortion kind of creates this openness and this kind of jolt to understand that can't really think like that anymore. You got to focus in on thinking for yourself and understanding that people have different opinions. And if you continue to funnel in just with the thing that you are so fixed on thinking and surround yourself with people that think the same way, you're going to be so closed off that you're not going to see what the rest of the world is like or thinking or understand different things that are going on. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that assessment. I, th- I think the bridge um, for me, it was just kind of like, you know, just, just really forcing the idea of, you know, obviously I say think for yourself over and over again, and I'm just like really trying to penetrate, you know, someone's, someone's thought process. And like, it's just like, almost like you're pulling someone close and looking at them and saying, think for yourself, like over and over again, just don't you get it, get it through your head. And then that uh, like really electric sounding guitar solo is kind of like the shock to the system before that last chorus. And then you, you know, relieve them with that revolution, you know, thought. 
Yeah, and then they're finally at the end of the song, they're left with the thought of being more open, being more understanding to other other beliefs that are out there, other ideas that are out there. Even though those ideas, you know, they could be right from other people, they could be wrong for you. You don't know, but how are you going to know unless you actually take a listen to them and you actually try and understand them? Because if you have that openness to your mindset, you're going to learn a couple of different things. You might learn that the ideas that you had might be the right ideas. You never know, but if you're so closed off into just thinking this one idea and this one mindset, I mean, it come again, politics, religion, economic policy, societal uh, ideas, whatever it might be. If you're so stuck in on that one thing, you're not going to grow. You're going to be in like that fixed mindset at the point where you're going to only have like this much space to work with instead of totally. I mean, as much space as you possibly can imagine. I mean, Absolutely. Have my arms out wide, just like oh, at this point. <laughs> right, right. But then, of course, that's just the instrumental side of things. We also got to talk about the vocals as well, because that's also another huge aspect of any song that has vocals in it, because that's something that people really concentrate on, of course, because now you're hearing the words, you're hearing the tones behind them. Again, that communication is there through that. So got to start out with your vocals, man. In the verses, what I got from your vocals that is quicker pacing against the consistent back against that consistent back here, a little bit of this like lighter techie distortion over them. And I do like this again because it starts to show that little bit of this uneasiness as to open up against this overall embedded thought in order to begin to think for yourself. So again, when we're so, if you're so like focused in on something that's in that fixed mindset, it's going to be hard to break that habit. It's going to feel unnatural. It's going to feel uneasy. And your vocals kind of bring a little bit of that uneasiness there and that uncomfortableness there because you're going to have to face that. Yeah. And I, I think the, the verses um, almost have like a, a nervous energy. Like, um, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to break through this, you know, and, it, and it's a very, it's a single vocal. It's a, it's a single vocal with a little bit of a call and answer. So like this person is, is kind of, you know, testing the waters of like, here's my opinion. And you hear the second vocal come in that goes, think for yourself. And it's a whisper. It's kind of like that reassurance, like keep going. And then you get to the bridge or the, the pre-chorus and then that's a stacked vocal. It's like a little mini choir. And um, that's kind of like the group saying, you know, preach to the choir, you know, they believe that's like the other side of it coming back in and saying, no, just keep, keep preaching to the choir because we believe like we we're here for you. Um, so it's kind of like a back and forth. It's almost like in a very simplified way, in a very metaphorical way, it'd be like a devil and an angel kind of almost arguing with each other within the same song. But it's, it's like a, almost like a schizophrenic character um, in, in the same song. That actually makes a lot of sense because especially it's, if you have, if you're, if you have your one mindset, if you have this mindset, like you're going to be so conceited and so just controlled by this one idea, but you're trying to open up as well. It's like your mind's going to war with itself. So having that schizophrenic kind of mind, like feel in this really does work. Cause even with the pre-chorus hearing that stacked vocals, it kind of brought this feel for this feel of like this, like whispery, somewhat kind of softer, kind of like Chad Gray reminiscent style vocal, which really kind of threw me off. It's like, holy shit. But the pacing is right on beat as well as the rest of the backing as well from that sax vocal. I'm like, with the guitars picking up in the background, this works so well to add right back to the idea of being like open up to start that change again. That chain, like, you know, continue this on, preach to the choir kind of thing. Like, we got this, we got this, keep pressing, keep pressing. So we're leading into it with the vocals as well as like kind of feels like a like a reminiscent thing that kind of reminded me of Muse. And all of a sudden I looked at the for fans of thing that was in the vibe of you guys. I'm like, Oh no, this makes a lot of sense. I'm like, so for fans, oh, I'm like, yeah. Muse, Papa Roach, Mash Studio. I'm like, 
oh, now this is making a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Muse has definitely been an influence of mine since I was since I was young. I mean, the first I remember hearing hearing Muse for the first time and being like, "That's a three piece!" Like, holy shit! So, um, Muse is definitely a big influence on me. I was still shocked when I first found out there were three pieces. Cause I remember the first time I found out about them was, I think a lot of people, like, especially my age found out about them was through Guitar Hero when they had Knights of Sidonia and Guitar Hero. Oh, that's three. right. Yeah. And trying to beat that song, I still could never do it. And all of a sudden I'm like, that's a three piece. Um, <laughs> how? And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, let's see who else is in that list. I'm like, Slipknot, nine piece. Alrighty. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Just makes it even crazier. But like, again, like when I saw it, when I heard the pre-chorus and then saw the for fans, I'm like, oh, now this makes so much sense. Just kind of adding this in here. Cause then you get to the chorus, the vocals on your end clean up a little bit more and they go more melodic against the consistent backing. But again, this flows well to add more the idea of accepting that you have been embedded with these different thoughts, uh, kind of against your own free thought for a while. And this is the opening of the mind to understand, you know, you being your own person and that it's better. It just keeps upping the ante every single way to f- kind of break through that moment to the point where you're breaking through this moment of fixed thought and into this growth mindset to where you're going to end up taking a look at other people that have different ideas in you and understand where they're coming from so that you can create this more idea for yourself instead of just following along with what whatever group you associate with things. Right. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. It just keeps it just keeps growing and growing because then you get to the bridge as well and you end up creating this vocal sound that is much rougher and on beat as well. It is like we're getting the pre-chorus in a rougher, kind of a little bit slighter, uncleanish kind of sound. Like I like this because now it feels like we have to fight against our mind to think for ourselves because we have been embedded with those ideas for so long that again, we have to fight against that, you know, comfort, the repetition, the routine of just constantly doing that. We have to fight against that and the build up to the fight for your right to think. And then you get to that solo right after it. And it just makes yeah. so much sense to break past that moment. So yeah. And, and, that, that, and, that, and that part in the bridge, when it's like the real repetitive thing for yourself, like it's not only like it, it, if you were talking to somebody else, trying to convince them, it's, it, it can also be looked at as, you know, you giving yourself reassurance to like, think for yourself, like when you're, you know, when you're about to do something, you know, that you've never done before, like, you know, you, you say to yourself, everyone's done this. They've said to yourself, like, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Like in their own mind. It's kind of that thing. It's like that reassurance to to oneself to think for yourself. Think for yourself. Don't block out all this other shit and just focus. Um, so there's there's many ways to 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 look at that that section. Oh, yeah. There are so many ways to look at it. But really when it kind of comes down to it, it all boils down to the fact that trying to, again, break through that idea that, you're just following along with the group and just have this idea for a different open mindset to understand different ideas, to try and listen and learn from other people, but also just to be more open and just think for yourself and not just follow along with what a group thinks because that's the easy thing to do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then, of course, like went through the vocals, the instrumental, the meaning, everything. When I come to the end of a song, like I always like to put like a little overall kind of interpretation on there just so that. If people want just like the Cliff Notes version of it or the Spark Notes version of it, this is where I come with it. I said, overall, on paper, it seems like using a consistent drum beat and drum pattern in the most consistent way, especially this one, could seem like a dull move. But again, that's on paper. When you put it in practice, especially in this song, it is anything but. In order to break, a thought process requires habit and repetition. The deeper bass guitar and techier sounding guitar adds to breaking through a deeper distortion. Mike's vocals 
really helped to show this through his tones and bringing the heavier style on the bridge. If you're a fan of that second like iteration, that second renaissance of Papa Roach that happened like 2015 on the Fear album or some of the harder stuff that Muse ever put out, this one is a song that I know you're really going to like. So definitely go check it out if you liked any of those. And I know a lot of you did. So, yeah. I dig it. I, I appreciate the assessment. I really I really liked it. This was a it, it was an enjoyable conversation. Like, I don't usually get to break down the songs like this. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad you did that. I'll put it this way, man. Like whenever it comes song, like this is what I've done to really try and understand music. I've done this. I pretty much started this right when I think the first time I tried doing something like this was when Holy Hell from Architects came out. And I, that one, it was nice. like I wasn't in metalcore at all. I didn't done. I didn't want to listen to anything that had unclean screams. But I did something like this where I went this deep into that album. And it just was it blew me away just seeing how they went from talking about like the five stages of grief from top to bottom perfectly and really express that all the way through. I'm just like, holy shit, I got to do this for more. And then even with music that I initially thought that I wasn't ever going to really like, I'm liking so much more now because I'm understanding certain like nuances about it just through analyzing it like this. It does take a lot of time, but I wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. And you're also, it's, it's enjoyable for you to like dive into that. And and that's the beauty of, of music and, and the beauty of art. I've said this a million times, you know, over the years, but the, the beauty of music and art is that it can be interpreted in so many different ways by different people. So what, what the meaning is to you can be completely different to me, but it's, it, that's okay. As long as you're connecting to it, whatever makes you feel something, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it. What I've kind of learned, especially with these songs is we can all relate to them in so many different ways and we can think about them in so many different ways and think the meanings are different. But the one thing I've always found that's been consistent is whatever the meaning is from what the person who wrote the song meant, from what I thought it was, from if I talk to somebody else that they thought it was, whenever I think about it, the core emotion of that song ends up being what is similar. It's what yeah. we go in like, like go into the different meanings of the songs. Of course, we're going to start breaking off at that point because now we're going to put more of ourselves, we're going to put more of our personal experiences in there because we've gone through that life and that has shaped our mindset. So something that I've gone through could be completely something that some 25-year-old that's living in Oregon right now has gone through. But if we look at a song together, and especially like if we're at a concert together and we're feeling a song in the and we're just really passionate about it, we're really positively getting an impact from that song, we could be doing it for two completely different reasons. But that's the beauty of art. That's the beauty of music right there. Right, exactly. And you know, I think, I think people sometimes like lose sight of that and they, they you know, just, just enjoy it. And back to the internet, it's just like so funny how many people will go out of their way to just like shit on something that like the other half of the people are like, this has changed my life. It's like, it's just how you, those, those two different people looked at it at the same song. It's just like so fascinating. It really is. But then again, that's again, I got to say again, that's the beauty of art. That's the beauty of music. It's we all can even take a look at music. Everyone likes some sort of music somewhere down the line, whatever genre it might be, because whatever genre we like, it impacts us in a positive way. And that's what art is supposed to do. Now, is is something like hip hop and rap or something like country going to positively impact me like rock or metal is going to? Absolutely not. But for someone else that like one of my friends, could it be the other way around? Absolutely but the fact exactly. matters, like we're connecting with that in a positive way and it's making us, it's potentially maybe even making us better people for it. So why would I be like, you know, don't listen to that. Listen to what I'm listening to. No, if that's what you really like to listen to, dude, go for it. Go for yeah, it. Do Just it. 
Absolutely. If, if you feel like it, check out some of the stuff that I like because you might like it too. <laughs> right. Exactly. I do that with my friends all the time. And I think sometimes when I'm hanging out with, 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 with some friends, they assume that I want to listen to rock because I make rock music. And like I do, but it's like, sometimes I want to know, like, what would you put on if I wasn't here? And you can learn a lot about somebody and you try to understand like, oh yeah, I get it. I get why you like this. I, I understand now. Like, and I, I think sometimes being like music can completely set the tone or the vibe of a, of a, of a situation. And it's like, you know, if, if I'm with my friend and my friend's like excited about whatever we're doing and they put on, they choose the music, they're going to be the most excited and you can almost feed off of that energy, no matter what the music is they're, they're vibing off of that. And you can vibe off of the way, you know, the energy that they're putting out. Like I love getting in different situations like that. Oh, absolutely. It's like, I can even speak to that as well. Cause on 4th of jobs over hanging out with a friend's house and they're playing country music and pretty much everyone there like country music except for me. But I had a conversation with him like earlier in 2020 where it was somewhere how he connects with country and how he connects with the vocals of it is how I connect with the instrumentals of uh, like, I'll use metalcore specifically, how I connect with the instrumentals of metalcore. Then how it connects with the instrumentals of country is how I connect with the vocal. So it's like, now I understand why, but I'm like, everyone is really getting into this. Why would I be the one to force a change and be like, Oh, I got to listen. We got to listen to something that I want to listen to because yeah, I, I would be down for it. But then I'm like thinking the whole group really wouldn't be down for it. But we were having such a, just a fun, relaxing time. Like, you know, what? why, why bother? Why try and force exactly. anything out of there? Because I know, like, I was like, I know when concerts come back around and there's a live show, that's going to be awesome. I'll tell them everyone, Hey, come check it out. Like, let's go t- together. And I think it's before one, before that group I was with, before one of their two of our friends are getting married the day beforehand here in Milwaukee, asking Alexandria and Dana member are coming to town. So everyone that's not going to the rehearsal dinner is going to be at that show. And there not everyone go. likes those. Not everyone likes that kind of music, but I'm like, you know what? That show is going to be fun as hell to be at. So we're going to have to be contagious. Yeah. That's going to be contagious energy, no matter who you are. Oh no. Oh, of course. Especially when I'm going to be like telling people, Hey, you guys want to crowd surf? All right, let me stand on top. We're going to crowd surf the crowd surf this one because that's always something I've wanted to do, but I couldn't do it the last time I saw him. Like, you know what? This time I'm making sure it happens. You're going. Yeah, you're going. I'm making it happen. That's awesome. Well, well Mike, as we close out this podcast, one thing I always like to do is give the artists whoever I have on here a chance to say whatever they want to say, plug whatever they want to plug at the end. So, Mike, at this moment, the floor is yours. Um, I mean, I would say, first of all, you got now you got to go listen to Think for Yourself now that we've just, you know, we just broke it down. Um, so gracefully, I, I, I loved, I love doing that. So go check out, think for yourself, um, and, uh, subscribe to our, our YouTube, follow us on, on, uh, all the social platforms and let us know what you think of it. And, um, you know, I want to thank you for having me on here. So, you know, you know, we just dropped a live stream where we're, you know, we, we have four songs out now and we, we got more songs on the way. So keep an eye out for us. Awesome. Well, Mike, I'm going to end this podcast with three rather typical things I always end this podcast with. So for everyone listening, yeah, you're going to want to go check out Think For Yourself. You're going to want to go follow the violin on everything when it comes to their social. You want to make sure you're connected with them, like Mike had just said. But you know what? I want to just make it as easy as possible for you guys. So when you take a look at the description of the podcast, usually pop out with podcast iHeartRadio. It's going to say, find the violin online. I'm going to have labels and links for everything. So it's a click like, click, follow, click, subscribe, whatever it might be. Click stream, click watch the video for Think For Yourself. I'm just going to make it as easy as possible on you guys. So make sure to check that out and make sure to follow The Violent right after we're done with this podcast. Now, thing number two, Mike, is 
Whenever I have guests in the podcast that I absolutely enjoy having on, I always make a certain promise. Mike, this has happened 100% of the time, and this has not been broken yet. So this is the promise I'm making to you, because this is All not right. an if. This is not an if. This is a when. I get to see you perform live for the first time. My promise to you is this. First round's on me. You can crowd surf, and, and then you got the first round. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, we'll, just, I... we'll, just, we'll just send you off. We'll just send you off the stage. You can crowd surf back to the bar. <laughs> crowd surf back to the bar. All of a sudden, it's like okay, now I got a little tray. It's like okay, put me up, people, and all of a sudden, it'd be like yeah. crowd surfing back with like four years. Like, hey, here we go. That's that's the way to do it. I have not, Kevin. I have not come up with that, like a delivery system yet, but that might be the best way to go about it. So that, that would be amazing. Let's do it. All right, Mike. So on that note, I cannot end this podcast in all good conscience by saying goodbye because I'd love to have you on the podcast again to talk about more music with you and talk about more of your music because breaking down music like this is absolutely incredible. And I'd love to do this again sometime along with the fact that I made that promise and I like to make good on my promises. So this ain't gonna be the last time we ever see each other. I could see you perform live or, you know, anything like that. So saying For goodbye sure. is way too final, way too final. Yeah. So I'm gonna end I it with, goodbyes. so I'm gonna end it with, see you later. See you later, man. Well, folks, this is my interview with Mike from the band The Violent. Remember, when it comes to everything with The Violent, from listening to Think for Yourself, from following them on social media, keeping tabs on them so that when they're playing live shows, once they're able to get going on that, yeah, you're going to want to be in the know with that. So make sure you follow them on all their socials. You listen to Think for Yourself. You listen to the rest of the music they have out right now. And just support the band any way you can. It's the best way to keep going about this. So remember, links are going to be in the description of the podcast just for you to check out. So be sure to do that once again. I do want to thank Mike once again for being on the podcast. When it comes to following everything in MSOTD Rocks, please do that. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can like, shit and like, subscribe to. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel for the Corporate Crush Podcast along with our other videos. If you just want to listen to the Corporate Crush Podcast, please subscribe on Spotify Podcast at iHeartRadio. Please give a like, you know, subscribe. Helps out tremendously. I also want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Fitness. Again, 50% off at fnxfit.com when you use the code MSOTD at checkout. And if you do that, this guy gets a little bit of money from it. Yeah. Also remember, think for yourself. And on that note, that's going to be for today, guys. Thank you for listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. with MZ Rocks for Rock Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin. I'm going to a mosh pit right now. And you guys know how I am every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See you